Welcome to another episode of On the Clock with Danny and Jeremy. I'm Danny Parson. That is my guy, my brother, my partner in crime, Jeremy Dove. What say you, brother? Hey, man. We are one week closer to the combine, so I got to be nothing but hype. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, we, we talked about it uh, previously, but we will be um, in the building one week from tomorrow morning to see the running backs and offensive linemen. Um, our plan is to be there uh, as well on Saturday uh, for the receivers and quarterbacks as well. So we'll see how everything plan- how everything pans out. But definitely, man, I am excited about it. And we're just going to talk about the draft today, man. We're going to get into it. Um, talk a little bit just kind of on the importance of the NFL draft uh, and everything. We're going to also discuss uh, players that we're excited to see. And then we're going to make a little couple wagers, man, for Saturday night. We go out and get some dinner in Indianapolis. You know, we're going to make some wagers and see. Hey, Damien, real quick. I want you yeah. to know, just for these wagers, I like steak. So when you're buying dinner, <laughs> just remember, look up best steak houses in Indy. I'm a steak fan. So just remember that. I'm just putting, a little, let's put a little bug in your ear. Just a little, little, okay. little tidbit for you. All right. Hey, I love the confidence, sir. I, uh, I'm, a, I'm a little bit of a jack of all trades. I do have my comfortable spots, but when I do win, I will let you know exactly what I would like for you to order. Do you mean for the, for the do you mean for the draft in 2020 that combo? <laughs> when you win that no, year? Sir. Uh-huh. No, sir. No, uh-huh. sir. I'm talking. I'm talking about our very first ever. Our, you know, our inaugural 40-yard dash bet. So let's go ahead and get into it, man. Let's when you look at the combine. Every year, you could say that the combine is more popular than even the the NBA playoffs, in a way. Everyone's watching, you know, whether they're watching on NFL Network um, at home, they're watching on uh, NFL.com on their computers at work, and they don't want nobody to know that that's what they're doing in their office. Mm-hmm. I uh, I am definitely. I a, think you're uh, guilty of that. I'm guilty. Yeah, I'm, I'm, door I'm, door shut. Yeah, yeah. I, I won't lie about that. You know, head. You know, and if my door is open, I got the earbuds in. You know, yep, catching yep. the computer. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm doing paperwork. You know, what I mean, so, you know, taking care of business. But I'm actually watching these guys run the forty yard dash and everything else. Or you know, or you're watching on your phone on the NFL app. However, you're watching, you are tuned in and you're just enamored by the process. It's, it's amazing how you know you look at the. NBA combine, nobody cares to watch it. You know, it's like, uh, no, I don't really care. You know, it's crazy. But the NFL combine is a big deal. How big of a deal, though? Uh, how important is the NFL combine to these draft prospects, in your opinion, Jeremy? Well, I think it's important. It's important to get a feel. I know they're they're already talking to the scouting teams. The scouts are talking to different coaches and. Uh, and uh, just having their ears close to the ground about how these players are in the locker room and everything. But there's nothing like seeing a player up close and personal and being able to talk to a player up close and personal Mm -hmm. and see if he fits what you want to bring to your organization. If he fits your system. A lot of times, and we've had conversations with writers, you know, talk about great personnel guys very recently, and, and, uh, and they talk about you might be a great talent, but do you fit the system that I'm running? Right. Do you fit our culture? You know, um, let's be honest. All these guys who are going to be there uh, next week all have talent. They, they, they wouldn't have made it this far if they didn't have talent, you know. The the key is 
what sets them out is that attitude, that work ethic, and just how they fit, you know, how they fit certain teams. Or is there a guy, or, you know, some may believe, like I remember last year when Saquon dominated in the combine. I mean, I lost power. I couldn't watch it. My phone was dying, but I'm going on Twitter, and Twitter's exploding by just how Saquon is just doing work and dominating. And I knew right there, he pretty much cinched up a top two draft pick right there. I knew he was not falling below number two after what no. he did at the combine. And we, we had all the hype we had, but that the combine showed it up for him. So it, it's it's a way to stamp your mark if you're someone who's a top prospect and you're way ahead of the, the curve in front of you know, numbers two through five or whatever, you can kind of further separate from the pack. Or it's a chance for these other guys who are kind of lower – and kind of below, kind of underneath the radar to step up and really stick out in NFL teams' minds. No, definitely, definitely, I agree with you uh, wholeheartedly on that. And, and it, like you know, it, it's going to be big, and and that's how I look at it. As the combine is definitely set up for these these kids, and just most of them, their names are already in the out of the mouths or in the minds of these scouts and GMs and these coaches. But like you said, it's another thing. It's one thing to watch them, and we're going to see that for ourselves. I watched David Montgomery. I've watched. We both watched Josh Jacobs and Damian Harris, and so forth and so on from these running backs. We've seen Jonah Williams. We've seen uh, Yandy Kajus. We've seen uh, Big Cody Ford. But it's a different animal when you see them in person. When you see them live. So yeah, you think you understand how fast and how explosive. Josh Jacob, Josh Jacobs can be, and he, and how uh, fast and explosive he already is for what you see on film or what you see live during games. And you see him run the forty-yard dash, and if he busts out a four-four-four-three-eight, you're like, man, okay, this kid's blazing. But you get to see it live. You get to see that 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 you know the hard work that they've they've been doing and putting in these past couple months. And, and um, it's you also hard, key. You will pay off in in person. Remember, um, and he had a good rookie year, but Orlando Brown Jr. Yes. And how we felt, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't, you know, even though he did have a decent rookie year, good for him. I still don't, I don't know how you feel, Damian. I'll speak just for me. I don't take back what I said about him last year, you know, in, in the archives, people could check it out. Is to me, it's that when you have all this time to prepare for the world's biggest job interview, and you come unprepared like that, you deserve to be critiqued. Yes. And so I'm also looking for that, too. I'm looking for, hey, this is supposedly your lifelong dream, your lifelong goal is to make it to the NFL. And, you know, the college football season has been over longer for other prospects than others, you know. But you come you know, in, in some, some awful shape. Heck, it's not, it's not a surprise, at least drill-wise, you're not surprised. We know what, what 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 to expect and what you're going to do next week. Right. So when exactly. you come there unprepared and your bench press is subpar, your forty yard time is subpar. Your your weight is is whoa. You put on some pounds here. You really have enjoyed the off season. Christmas break was really good to you. You know those are the things that you look at and say, man, that's a problem. I mean. Just looking at it, I had to give this at work, you know, being drug and alcohol counselor. I had to talk to a client who didn't think he had a problem with drugs. And I'm sitting there with his family and we're talking about it. And they said, hey, you knew you were getting drug tested and you still failed it. That's how we knew you had a problem. 
And that patient is a sports fan. So I said, you know Chris Carter, the receiver? He goes, yeah, yeah. I go, you know, that's why Buddy Ryan cut him from the Eagles. He said he knew he had it. He said, oh, you know, it's one thing to use drugs. It's not good, but whatever. But he had scheduled drug testing, and he still flunked it. He said, that's why I know you have a problem. You know it's coming up, and you still can't stay clean for it. So we've had guys struggle with that too recently, you know, Mr. Callaway. And I was like, you know what's coming, and yet you can't pass it. I look at that and go, hmm, boy, as talented as that young man may be, not the guy I want to bring into this locker room. So it's it's huge for that too, seeing how you prepare. Definitely, definitely. And like you said, it's all about just showing where your mind is. And we get it, you know, with, with uh, you know, one thing I, I remember watching a piece on Orlando Brown Jr., he said that, you know, the nerves got to him of the big moment of the situation. And I get that. And I expect that from you. You're a young kid. You go in, like you said, all the, all the eyes are on you. You just, you know, and, of course, with, you know, the background of his father, they expect a lot out of you. And he kind of crumbled under the pressure a little bit. Granted, he turned that into – he used that motivation to turn it into a pretty solid rookie year. Right. So, yeah, and, and like I said, that's just how it is. Now, we've seen the, we've seen the workout warriors. I'm going to – so for the next couple of days, I'm going to start posting them on Facebook, on Twitter. I want to kind of bring to light some of the workout because we're going to see a lot of those. You know, we, remember Vernon Golston? Remember oh, yeah. Vernon? Yeah, out of Ohio State. Can't lie to you. I was a lot – I was younger back then, but, I, you know – just, I, I was young, you know, in my teens, getting into the scouting thing, and um, and I thought this kid was going to be just a monster in the NFL, man. I was like, this guy here is so athletic, and I'm like, he's going to, you know, um, he's going to kill it, man. And yeah, no, like it, no, it, no, he, he no. did not turn into anything as a special. As a, exactly, that's a great. He's. He's up there as a prototype of a workout warrior. I will say, as an Eagle fan, I believe we had the original workout warrior in Mike Mamula in the yes, 95. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we sadly took him over. I don't know if you heard this guy, Damien, uh, Warren Sapp. We, we, we <laughs> took Mike Mamula because of his. I remember combat. watching that on the. On NFL Network when they were replaying that draft. Yeah. And uh, we, we could have had Warren Sapp here. And instead, we, uh, we had Mike Mamula. And boy, I wonder how that would have been different. Sap from Amula. Hmm. I don't know. I'll give another one to you. <laughs> and he's not a bad player, but to me, he, he's not the workouts. It's Don Terry Poe. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. He was a huge workout warrior. And, you know, coming from smaller, unknown school, big body. I, I like the young man, but just jumped up tremendously from his combine and every end. Not I, how would you rate his career? I wouldn't say it's been bad, but it's not the the high He's draft. Not, he pick. has not lived up to the hype. Right. He's a solid player, a solid starter. Um, you know, I think he, he's a cheap option at this point, uh, a good price in a good price range. You know, not so as for the farm, and if you need somebody that can kind of take up space because he's good at doing that. But when you saw him at the combine run the 40 as in as fast of a time as he did, you was ex- you were expecting a guy, because to run the 40-yard dash in a good time, you have to be explosive. Your 10-yard split is incredibly important. 
And if you are not that explosive of an athlete, then you're not going to run as fast as the next man who is an explosive athlete. So the, the explosion, you will, you will assume from Dante Poe, with that explosion off the line, he can, that first step, he explodes in a quick space in the phone booth that he'll be able to give you more in the pass rushing department from the interior because that's what you really look for. If you can find a guy that can stuff the run on first and second down and you don't have to take him off, he's going to demand double teams in the inside because he's still a good pass rusher even then and open your edge rush guy one-on-one with tackles. That's the perfect blend. That's the perfect mix. That's what teams are looking for, and that's what you expected to see from a Don Terry Poe. And we haven't seen it, and he he fooled a lot of people. With me. Like you said, workout warrior, and he hey, it got him paid. But uh, he kind of just knew. You, you saw – same with Vernon Golston. When, when you hear yes. that they take plays off, that's a big sign. And mm-hmm. they, those two guys yep. had that. They don't always go. Their motors happen, and, and they both show that in their NFL careers, in my opinion. No, definitely. I mean, I thought I had some some more names to you. I thought a couple more names because you know I got I, I I have it in front of me. Um, I was just looking at some of the names. Darius Hayward Bay. Yes, Darius Hayward Bay. This was the all time. I mean, all time, like just Raider pick from Al Davis. Four three in the forty, coming out of Maryland. You know, and while he was a solid player he was a second third maybe fourth round talent but and he was drafted with top 10 yeah and the thing is it made no sense because it even though he ran that time which okay big up he ran four three there wasn't that buzz about him it wasn't like everyone was talking and you had to make a reach i remember watching that draft and it kind of shocked i remember Mel, everyone was stunned. It was like, boy, you could have waited. It wasn't like everyone's talking about this guy, and if you don't reach for exactly. him, he won't be there. You know, Darius Hayward Bay would have been there for for for, for the uh, for Al Davis, and that that was one of the many signs to me. And God rest his soul, he's a Hall of Famer and innovator. That it, it, Al Davis is slipping, and it's time for him to. It should have been time for him to wrap it up and leave the decision making to somebody else. Hey, I got a couple more names I want to throw at you. I want to see, I want to see what your memory is like. I know you're the historian of us, of out of us two. I want to see your reaction to okay. Matt Jones, the quarterback of Arkansas. Arkansas. Jacksonville. Yes. Yes. Yep. I do remember. 6'6, 242. Couldn't stay he clean. He ran between 437 and 44. Couldn't stay clean. 39 and a half inch vertical, 10-10 in the broad jump. They called the they gave this man the nickname the freak. And, and could not stay clean. Was, and could not stay clean. It is just is what it is. He he violated. He hasn't played since 2008. You know, uh, was talented I, though. It was crazy. Oh, he was incredibly talented. Even, even like, in, in the NFL, he showed signs that if he got his head together, could be a good player. Yeah, but you know, he just could not put it together. No. Um, he could not put it together by any means, and it sucked. It really sucked because I really believe he had. All of the, the the talent, if he was able to learn the position yeah. completely. Six um, foot six. I remember. I remember that six foot six and that that blonde hair. Yeah, <laughs> just free, just a freaky athlete. Um, let me say, there's a couple guys. You know, uh, remember Adam Archuleta? I do. 
St. Louis yeah, Rams, Adam Arizona State. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming out of Arizona State, he was a linebacker, six feet to eleven. He ran, you know, he bench press. You know, they love the bench press. Thirty-one reps, four, four, two in the forty. Thirty-nine is vertical. Yeah. You know, one of the more impressive uh, combines by a safety because that's what they were pretty much moving him and to. Got him. It got um, him to yeah the first round. Twentieth pick. Twentieth pick, and his production plummeted and. They show, and like I said, that athletic ability means nothing if you don't have the skills. He did not have the skills to, to play coverage, and he was he he hasn't uh, he's been out of the league since two thousand eight. So it's crazy, you know, when you see these guys, and you're like, man, like you know, you see them work out, and you're like, hey, this is going to this guy's going to be great. This guy's going to be great, and that's what a lot of people do. They see the workout, and they automatically assume. Now, one guy, one guy, I will say. When you look at um, you know, you look at Vernon Davis, and you look at, of course, Deion Sanders was a freak, and you you know, uh, what's the young kid Byron Jones from from the Dallas Cowboys? He had one. Uh, he had an amazing, he had an amazing combine, and he turned out to be a really good player. You know, being able to play multiple positions, safety and corner, and, and he was a All Pro this year, right? Um, second team All Pro, so. It's amazing. The, the combine matters, but you have to. The combine should be more of a. It should be more of a ver- verification. Like this verifies and solidifies what I already believe, or it should be a reopening of the eye. Okay, you see a guy, you're like, whoa, I didn't know he was that fast. Yeah, I, and I can, let me go back and look at his tape. I can say for a reopening of the eye for me, and I'll, I'll be honest, he was a debate. I I lost it. I didn't. I had doubts about him. Was Miles Garrett? I was not a Miles Garrett fan when he watched him. At, I wasn't either. At Technique wise and everything, I was not a fan. I think he just won. He feasted. If you remember in college, he feasted against the small schools, right? And he did not show up against the big and, schools. And to me, in a year that quarterback prospects weren't jump, offensive weapons weren't jumping out to you, and to me, he went to the combine and his athletic nature blew everyone away. And I said, this is another Don Terry Poe. Or Vernon Golston, I said Miles Garrett is that, and there was debate. I had a lot of debates. People were like, no, he played in the SEC. And I'm like, yeah, but he didn't. He, I was not blown away at Miles Garrett. He didn't come up big in big games for AM. I I saw, like you said, feasting on smaller schools, but I saw. I rewatched the tape, and I said, I wasn't sold. I'm not going to say, oh my eyes, but I said, okay, I see potential. There is potential yeah. there if if he's with the right system. And he puts his, his you know, pedal to the metal and gives it effort. And he's been a good player. He's been a good player. Yeah, so that, he's, he's been a, a pretty much a, a, a freak. He's been that athletic freak doing pretty much everything they need him to do. But like you said, it was what we what everyone else was enamoring on was his athleticism. We saw the potential, but we didn't see the production. Right. And which I will throw this name out there, Nick Bosa. And I just put this on on Facebook and um one was concerned I had about I have about Nick Bosa is the fact his production is so low in three years and as this elite passing prospect prospect seventeen and a half sacks he yeah granted he didn't finish the year this year but you go back even the last two years I think he had eight sacks and then four sacks you know eight and a half or four and a half. It, it just no that's bad that's not good to me I don't like that I don't like to see yeah, that yeah. So 17 and sacks I want to see more production out of a guy that you're saying should be easily the top uh, the top pick in the draft well because I hate I think it's helping him 
but it could hurt him. So I hate to do the comparison, but when I watched his brother, I saw production on the college mm-hmm. level. I, I wasn't wondering. I, he made a name for himself all throughout. I didn't get that with Nick Bosa. Joey Bosa, I got that. Nick Bosa, I felt, rode the wave of that Bosa name and the Bosa no, I, I and, and the potential. But I did. I never got. I he never made me. When I watched Ohio State game, I wasn't circling my screen. I wasn't telling everybody I'm watching it with. Hey, watch out for him. I, I I'll be honest. I did not do that for Nick Bosa, and I I have some questions about him as being this swan song, this coronation that he's the number one overall pick. I I'm not sure. Nah, I don't know either. We're gonna. I'm. Gonna, I gotta hit his tape. He's the guy I haven't really spent too much time watching and. I don't know if he's going to – what he's going to do at the Combine, if he's going to do much of anything. But, well, you know, it is what it is. And like you said, just talking about the Combine, who are – let's talk about some guys that you're excited to see, man. I have to say, because just the world's talking about him, I, I, I'm excited to see Mr. Metcalf, DK Metcalf, because, I mean, that picture on Twitter has the world buzzing. But, I mean, he's getting some comparisons. They're, they're throwing out – Calvin Johnson comparisons and and he has the lineage in his family um top receiver prospect but I I really am excited to see him and just see what he does and I'm also excited I and I was hard on him in an earlier podcast but Rocky Sim a lot of people are you know, yeah. I know your boy Bucky Brooks your your favorite guy has him as a top five cornerback I'm a temple guy I didn't I don't have him there but I think this is his time to really show out to continue that, and let's see. So those are, those are just a couple to start. DK Metcalf, who I mean, Field Yates posted that picture of him, and I mean, it's, yeah, it's that just picture was ridiculous. It's just not fair, you know what I mean? It's just like it's like God, why why couldn't you just make everybody like that? I mean, come on, man. It's like that's just not that's like that's like the superhero pictures, like Batman or like the Hulk, and it's like those. Fake comic book abs. That's what DK Metcalf has. If it go, go for anyone who hasn't seen it, go on Field Yates' Twitter and you'll you'll see that picture where he just looks like. Honestly, it's it's like if you don't know any better, you're like he's he's a D end. He's 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 a tight end. He's he, he could just he, you just don't know. It's just crazy what he is. No, definitely, definitely. Um, I, you know, because let's go a little, do a little back and forth. I'll, I'll tell you a name I'm, I'm excited to see. I want to see little Jordan Humphrey, the receiver from Texas, 6'4", 220. I want to see what he runs. I want to see what he tests. Because uh, I think this is going to be, I think this kid is a sleeper. I would love to see him go back with Colin Johnson for one more year. Because I think that would have solidified him easily as a top two round selection. But I do believe in the fourth and maybe possibly fifth round, and, I, and we've said this, and I continue to say teams that need, receive, that need receiver help. I'm talking about the Buffalo Bills, you know, the New England Patriots. The Saints need uh, receiver help as well. Steelers, you most likely are trading Antonio Brown. If anything, you need uh, receiver help as well. There's a couple teams that need receivers, the Oakland Raiders. I can continue to run off a list. This class may not have the big names of like last year with DJ Moore and Calvin Ridley, but it ha- it sure has the depth. The depth of receiver is in this class, man. I'm telling you right now, Jeremy, people are going to find some good quality receivers in the fourth and fifth round, man. 
you know, the, the J.J. Arcega Whitesides, um, you know, of course, the A.J. Browns, um, uh, Hakeem, Hakeem Butler. There's so many guys. Ryan Davis from Auburn. It's so Greg Dortch, who uh, uh, shout out to Jermaine. Um, my guy Jermaine, he, he did an uh, article on Couch Rider Report um, just uh, this afternoon. Uh, Jermaine Lockett on Greg Dortch out of Wake Forest. So look out for him as well. So I'm definitely looking at little Jordan Humphrey. I want to see how he tests because I think he can be a, a, a sleeper. He's a sleeper to me, a sleeper, a surprise pick because he's not a name that you hear too often. When you hear, when you hear the top receivers in this class, a DK Metcalf, you're hearing A.J. Brown, Marquise Brown, Hakeem Butler. You're hearing those guys, right? You're not hearing the top. You're not hearing uh, the, the little Jordan Humphreys. Uh, you, you know, you're not hearing Emmanuel Hall, Paris Campbell. You're not hearing those guys. So I want to see what Emmanuel, uh, not Emmanuel Hall, but um, little jo- Jordan Humphrey can do um, next okay. week, next Saturday. I, I have a name for you. I want to see what you think about Mr. Ed Oliver, the D tackle from Houston. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm very I'm intrigued, intrigued about him. him. He's a Houston guy. It's not, not a big time conference. His athletic ability is off the chart. Shorter, around like six one. Some may say six two, about two eighty, and he's an interior lineman. But the athletic freak that Ed Oliver is played at Houston for those. So it's not a huge kind of conference, but pass rush effort amazing, and also does a good job of a uh, run defense. Despite him right. being a smaller guy, so I'm wondering where he fits because two eighty is not really cutting it when you look at interior linemen in the NFL, but unless you're one, you know, maybe one of those teams, you know, you can line them up and you're not looking for a stout run stopper, but you're looking to kind of have four linemen who can rush the passer. If you're in a kind of a system like that, I think Ed Oliver fits, but I'm really intrigued to see what Ed Oliver does. No, no, definitely. Definitely. I, um, Ed Oliver is very intriguing. It's, it's crazy how he started out as the top, um, he's sort of the top guy, you know, when, when you look at the, the draft class uh, at the tackle and slowly but surely Quinn, uh, and Williams overtook him and, and superseded him pretty quickly. And it's, it's a lot of this due to the fact that like you said 280 and while he holds up in the run game in college in the NFL, you're going to have to pair him with a guy that's a little, that's a little bigger, you know, kind of. I will, you know, you pair him up with a you, you pair him up beside a Nadama Kinsu or a Fletcher Cox stuff like that. That's that's what you need to do. Um, if you pair him up with a smaller D tackle, that's not going to work. You're you're gonna they're gonna bully them in the run game. He he, he understands leverage, and that's one thing about him being shorter, similar to Aaron Donald. They understand leverage, but you know you're not always going to be able to out leverage someone. So I, I'm intrigued to see how he tests. Um, his weight is a little concerning to me going into the next level. And I think he drops because of that, too. I've been hearing the same thing, that he may drop a little bit. People were expecting him to be a top five pick easily. You know, I'm seeing Moxley. He's dropping to, to number yeah. 15, to 17. And, and he's going to – and whoever whoever he drops to is going to get a They're getting a steal. They're getting a steal. You know, they're going to get a steal. Um uh, some someone else I'm looking at here. It, it's so many tight ends, and I've said this: so many tight ends, man. It, it's this for for a team in the New England Patriots as my team. 
and the team that I'm writing for in the Cincinnati Bengals and fan sided, they need a tight end as well because Tyler Eifert is just he's he can he is consistently hurt year in and year out. And it's a shame because Tyler Eifert is a is extremely yeah. talented. He's when he was healthy, he was one of the best tight ends in football. Absolutely, but it's it's it sucks that the kid can't stay healthy, man. Um, but you look at this this class. I want to see, and I'm not going to go with my guy PJ Hawkinson. I, you know, everybody you're knows, I love, those knows I love that guy, um, and I love Noah Fan as well. Uh, I'm not going there. I want to see. I'm gonna throw two names to you. I cannot... Stanford tight end okay. Caden Smith. Caden Smith for Stanford, and Georgia tight end Isaac Nuatu. I want to see both of these guys um, test. I want to see what they look like, how they run routes against. Of, of course, it's against air. I want to see what they, what kind of routes they're able to put together. How how good they will be able to display. Because you know that's the biggest job interview is the combine, catching the ball away from their body and, and just showing their big physical presence. Caden Smith is a sleeper tight end to me. Uh, out of Stanford, Stanford tends to make some pretty solid tight ends, and though they have in the past, but I, I really do like his game. And I like Isaac Nuata as well as a secondary. I, I'm not saying he, he should be a legit number one tight end coming into if you're drafting the guy. But I look at the San Francisco 49ers. I was telling Marv about this last night. You guys have George Kittle. He's a star tight end in his league right. now, right? He is a star tight end. You have him. Jimmy Garoppolo comes from New England where they do love the tight end position, having Gronk. So Jimmy has his own Gronk and George Kittle. Give Jimmy his Aaron Hernandez and Isaac Nuatu. Give him another tight end where you can do the things. As, of course, Kyle Shanahan is one of the most creative play callers. Creative set makers when it comes down to offensive sets and offensive formations. Give them mm. another piece. You know, it, with receivers, of course, get some more receivers as well. Maybe Antonio Brown, but if you're able to get another guy, you could do so many different That's things nice. with that offense. So I'm looking at those two guys on, in, in uh, next week. To and see I appreciate how they it because I'm looking at tight ends, and, you, and you're right, it's a deep class of tight ends. I love it because tight ends, I, I just. Tight ends are the new receiver, baby. You know how I love the big sexies, the O-line? Number two is tight end because you're doing that. You're also getting out there. You're a big husky dude. You're running routes. You're running. You're truck sticking. For those people who remember that in Madden, you're truck sticking over those DBs. Some linebackers even. But, hey, the ones I love are the guys like your buddy Gronk up in New England who we'll see if he's going to stay or retire. I think if you're debating it, you might as well retire. That's my opinion. Yeah, I think it's time. I love those guys who get out there and catch the rock, but also will get down and dirty. And that's why I'm glad you didn't name my guy from Ole Miss, Mr. Jordan Knox. Because I think Jordan Knox at 6'4", 250, played at Ole Miss, didn't get – you know, he's not jumping out to you because it's Ole Miss. So the routes, it wasn't this high-power kind of offense. But I think – and I'm going to see this comparison – I think he can be a Zach Ertz who can actually do some blocking. Talking about, uh, you, you're talking about Dawson Knox? Did I say Jordan Knox? Sorry, yeah. sorry, Dawson <laughs> Knox. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dawson Knox? I, I need to watch more film on him. I've heard his name a few times. I need to watch more film sorry, on this guy. Right. I messed up. Not yet. Dawson Knox. That's the guy, and I have watched film on him, and I do like him. I, I think he reminds me of Ertz. 
and his explosiveness, his speed, able to catch the ball. He just like with Ertz, where Zach Ertz is not. He's not getting a lot of yak. Once, you know, Zach Ertz catches it and gets hit, he's going down. <laughs> not a lot of yak right. in Zach Ertz. <laughs> not a lot of yak so far in Dawson Knox. But one thing Dawson Knox can do that Zach Ertz, I mean, I gave up as an Eagle fan. I like Ertz. I really do. Gave up a long time ago with seeing him block. Dawson Knox will block. So I, yeah, I think will. there's a resemblance there for a team. You mentioned San Fran or Sensi. That a guy who can also help in the run game, but also will be able to get out there and make some good catches for you is Dawson Knox to Ole Miss. And listen, man, like I said, tight ends are the new receiver. You have guys, you have some of these tight ends that you truly line up out wide. You line up, line them up in the slot. You have tight ends that you put in the backfield and it's just like you move them around. They are the ultimate chess piece in the NFL nowadays, and I love every minute of it, man. I'm telling you right now, I love every single minute of it. Another name, uh, another the last name for me, um, and it's tough because there's so many guys I'm excited to see. Um, but I would say I, 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 I'm going to go quarterback. I got to go quarterback, um, and, and I it's tough because there's a couple guys I want to see. Uh, it's a couple quarterbacks that I definitely want to see what they're able to do um, next week. But I I guess I will say, hmm. yeah, I'm going to go here. I, I'm going to say Will, not Will Gray, sorry, Tyree Jackson, Buffalo. The big 6'7 kid, big powerful arm, lively arm. Um, you know, he's not the most fluid with his footwork. He has athleticism. Um, I want to see what he's able to do and how comfortable he looks. Because to me, at, at the quarterback position, he is a wild card. He is a wild card at the quarterback position. For you know, teams are going to teams are going to look ahead and say, you know, because I remember uh, last year around this time. That was it last year. Uh, no, it was the year before last with Deshaun Watson and Pat Mahomes. I remember scout. Even though those guys were there, right? Scouts were still. You were hearing rumbles that scouts were like. What about this kid from USC, Sam Darnold? He wasn't even he wasn't even there. He was getting ready to go to the next season at USC, but the hype was there. And I know that the hype still in meeting rooms in Indianapolis at Lucas Oil Stadium is going to be listen, Tua, Justin Herbert, um, uh, 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 J- Jake Fromm, uh, Easton, all these different quarterbacks, KJ Costello. You know, there's a lot of guys coming in next year. You know, all I'm saying is let's not sink our hips and sink our claws into one seat. Don't stick our claws into one meal and stick with one quarterback. In this in this class, maybe we hold off, draft, draft best player available, and get one of these guys next year. It's going to be that discussion. But I look at Tyree Jackson as just as a wild card, a guy that could that could possibly make a roster, and if he does get drafted. And it, it, or if he, you know, if he gets drafted and the team says, well, you know what, we have an established starter. I, I look at a team like the, the the Chargers, man. The Chargers have an established starter in Philip Rivers, and he play, he can very well play the next three or four years. You won't need to have Tyree Jackson play if you draft him sixth round. I, I, I would. How, I'm gonna be honest with you. Go, you know, just to 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 break this up real quick. I would love for the NFL, if you really want to use the AAF as a feeder system, have it where you put guys on the practice squad and instead of them just practicing with you, you send some guys you do kind of like the G the D the G League 
with the NBA, they're on your roster and you knock them down to the G League or the D League, whatever it's called nowadays. I think it's G League. You knock them down to where they are still playing. They're, they're practicing with the team. They're working on their craft. Send these guys down that you know that you're not going to play this year. Send them down to the AAF and let them get better. Let them pro, uh, progress. Let them work on their craft for a year. And then come into the offseason, boom, I need you up here. Come on up. Come on up. And, if, you know, and, and granted, you, you run the risk of other teams taking that player, but that's the same thing. You run the risk of somebody else promoting your guy from the G League. It just is what it is. But that's how I look at it is he could be that wild card for a team with an established starter that you don't have to play right now. You don't have to play him right now. But I'm intrigued to okay. see. Okay. I think very intrigued to see. I think that would be a good one. I think it's – yeah, I'm glad you you said it right because I thought after our show on the Tuesday, you were hype on getting you know just draft all these quarterbacks in the first round and everybody goes. Kyler, Dear God, no. to me, there's only should be two quarterbacks in the first round. One played Oklahoma, other one played at OSU, Ohio State. That's it. Other than that, teams yeah, build man. around. Drew Lock. No, exactly. See, you're on that stuff. Drew Lock. That smelling. You're on that <laughs> stuff right now. I'm, I'm going to get <laughs> Drew no, Locke. No, Drew Locke for day two. Unless Drew Locke <laughs> I mean, can yeah, do something it's... amazing and these combines and, and, and his pro day that's just wowing us, I, I think Drew Locke should be a day two pick. I mean, hey, listen, I, I, I'm I'm not saying that he definitely should be a first rounder, but I I guess I wouldn't be surprised if he's okay. the first round. My I last guy, and we, we keep talking about him on this show, I wouldn't be doing it justice if I don't mention a big sexy. And I'm mentioning the big sexy, the big, the best offensive lineman, the guy I'm ready to see. To me, last year, you know, Damian and I, we fawned over Will Hernandez. I don't want to put words yes. in Damian's mouth. I'm fawning over Mount Cody, Cody Ford, and I can't wait. Cody's it's my going to be a treat for us to see him live next Friday in person and – Oh, Six yeah. four three thirty. A guy to me who has it all, and, and I mean, I, I want to find a flaw in his game, but I'll be honest, I I, I can't. A guy who I I, I can kind of, but I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a true flaw. I think it's going to be just the 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 scouts and and the coaches just outsmarting themselves. And what I mean by that is his size, that six four three thirty, powerful, big, burly frame. I see that as they're going to put this man at guard. I do not like the thought, but I believe that that's what, that's what they're going to do. And I don't like it at all. I, I've heard rumbles that man, he would do – he would make an all he, – he would be an all-pro guard. I'm like, but you need tackles in the NFL. Like, why do y'all keep continuously trying to place guys at guard? Guard is, is a solid group right now, but you need tackles. So I, I'm fearful – of a, I'm not going to lie to you. Jonah Williams, I've heard the same thing. And I'm like, but these t- these teams need left and right tackles. Like, what are you doing? Okay, okay. so you're, it's not it's not really a Cody Ford flaw. Yeah, not 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 a Cody Ford flaw. A scout and more so, GM flaw. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Do you think this is just me throwing it out there off the dome? Is that a, mm-hmm. is that like, I don't want to say body discrimination or what? what's the word? Because I think people look at tackles as tall. And still big men, but lean. And if you yeah, and you get Cody lean, Ford, yeah. I mean, he technically is tossed. I mean, only in the NFL and like pro wrestling, only in sports, six four may not be looked upon as tall. 
but he, he's exactly. tall, but he he's built like, I mean, he looks great, but he's built kind of like he's not that tall, lean tackle. No, he he's built like a guy that's going to rough you up. At, he, he's built like a bouncer, and, and I'm he's just built like a bouncer at a club. And he's going to throw you out of there if you come in. Well, because I, I you try to get at his quarterback, he's I, tossing I you. I kind of felt that way on the other side of the line of scrimmage last year with Vita Vea, that people were yeah. knocking hit. And I'm like, I'm watching Vita Vea, and I like him. I mean, if he wanted anyone, we all can get in better shape. So I understand that. But people were knocking that so bad. I'm like, why watch the tape and seeing what you're asking him to do? That's an athletic freak. Why? But they just want to. I don't know if they just want to find a flaw or they see someone who doesn't – Yeah, they're just they're – If just you don't look to... like a DK Metcalf or a Miles Garrett, then they're going to knock you for it. But Cody Ford is – he's not just – he's not someone who's athletic for a lineman. He's just an athlete, period. Yeah, he's, 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 he's tremendous. And I'll say this. I, you know, I hope with Trent Brown – I, I remember years ago uh, reading that Trent they, – they had thoughts of Trent Brown – playing guard. They had thoughts of Marcus Cannon playing guard. And they were legit the two starting bookend tackles all year for Tom Brady. They're, they're reigning Super Bowl champions. I can understand. I remember so, Marcus Cannon I mean, coming into the draft. I remember from yeah, and, the TCU, I remember watching yeah. him in the combine and people were saying that. I can kind of understand that just the way he was built. Marcus Cannon was built kind of sloppy. And and seemed like he could be a hybrid. Yeah, you know, he wasn't the he wasn't the most in shape. He was dealing with that sickness back then right. as well. And he got you know, as you saw, he he lost a little weight, got in better shape, and he became one of the better so right. So I get him. I don't understand anyone. I remember I know you're right, but I don't get Trent Brown being a guard. I, I don't understand why it's just the, the the big strong, you know, stature and it's it's still stupid. Stop making everybody a guard, man. Yeah, you Come got on. yeah, it, it's crazy. Forrest Lamp was one of the best tackles in football in, in college football a couple seasons ago. He got to, to San Diego uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, sorry, and they flipped him the guard. The only time I <laughs> see that work was uh with the Eagles try using Dun King Dunlap as a tackle and he, he was a yeah. much better guard. Even yeah, though he, even yeah, though he's six nine, even though he's six nine and very tall, it, it was a mistake to have him at tackle. But switching, put him on the inside. Uh, I'm even wondering if uh, Big V Vite might be better out as guard than a tackle. I know he had a good run in our Super Bowl year, but seeing him last year, I, I'm like, I don't know if he's a a consistent tackle. I just don't. No, not at all. Um... Let's talk about these comp these these the forty yard dash bets. So now, how do you want to do this? Do you want to do quarterback, running back, receiver? Do you want to just say who we think will run the fastest? Tom, how do you want to do it? Um, I'll let you figure out how the the, the positions and stuff. Uh, my concern is, are we going to do like over under, or we're just going to throw out random uh, time? Like, are you going to do over under? We do over under. Okay. We do over under. I, I say let's do that. Yeah, let's, let's do, do over, over under. under. Let's do over under. All right. So, all right. Let's see. I'm gonna let you go first. Who is who's the fastest? Who who you believe will be the fastest receiver? And give me the over under. Remember, Marquise Brown. Is out with I the know, whole list. I, I think Liz Frank injury, so that threw that throws a wrench in the plan. I know. I'm trying to think who I be, think would be the fastest. 
Who's going to give us the fastest 40 time? I will. Hmm. Part of me, I, I, I can just give one name. I can't give. I'll give you two. I'm going to put Metcalf. I really think he will hmm. have. I'm intrigued to see if he see how how, how he I want to put Metcalf at. I want to put him at. I don't know. I feel like he's a workout warrior. I'm going to say he's a. I'm going to put him at four four. Four four. Okay. So DK DK gotcha. Metcalf at four four. All right. And I. I'm wondering about. You want a sleeper? Okay, this is tougher than I thought. I'm wondering about Andy Isabella. Oh, listen. Andy Isabella was a 100-meter runner in high school, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, they showed the tape. He was the only white kid in front of all the black kids. I'm like, (laughs) okay, he's fast. (laughs) Okay, he's fast. Andy Isabella at a 4-3. Hey, listen. He runs a four three. He's definitely in the in the third round. I, Andy Isabella runs four three. He's in the third round. I'm telling you, he knows that, and I think that's why I'm taking a chance. I'm putting I'm putting my chips as my sleeper on Andy Isabella from UMass. From UMass. All right, I'm gonna go with my team. Pick two receivers as well. And we close it out. All right, I'm gonna pick two. I'm gonna close out. I'm picking Hunter Renfro. I'm not picking Hunter Renfro. I'm like, man, I'm chasing that steak. I'm chasing that steak right now. Like, don't you don't get don't I'm, get all saliva in the mouth right now, like, oh, sir. <laughs> I'm not playing. I'm not doing that nonsense. Uh, I'm I'm going to the same school. I'm gonna go to the same school. I'm dipping in the same pond twice. Give me Terry McLaurin from Ohio State. This kid is a blazing yep, is. fast receiver. He's a burner. I think he's going to test. I'm going to give him a 4 3 wow. 7. I'm giving him 4 3 7. Yeah. But the one up myself, give me Paris Campbell from Ohio State. One of my favorite receivers. Even I did a draft profile of him last year, and he wasn't even coming into the into the class. This is one of my favorite receivers in the in the in the whole entire uh draft. I'm giving him. A four three four. Mm. Paris Campbell four three four. Terry McLaurin four. It's beautiful. Three, you seven. you pick a couple Ohio State receivers, and just like Ohio State fans and the Ohio State program, you get too cocky and you come up short. And that's going to be you next week, my friend. That's you. <laughs> Classic. You got that Buckeye, that Buckeye mentality. It'll be the downfall for you. No, sir. No, sir. The boys are going to come, come, and come ready, man. They're going to come I'll, ready for the boy. Now, nah, DK and Andy will lead me to the promised land. I might take it okay. easy on you. Maybe All I'll right. say Chick-fil-A or something like that. Who knows? <laughs> Listen, man. It's going to be fun. I can't wait for it. It's going to be a blast, man. I'm telling you right now. We, Friday morning, we're going to have to be up. I'm, I'm telling you right now. I'm an early bird, brother. I'm an early bird. I'm going to be up time, and ready, showered and everything. You, up, you know what I'm saying? I'm waking up. I'm probably listening because if I'm not mistaken, I, I read the uh, the paperwork. The door is open at 10. So one thing I'm going to tell you, from my experience at the draft last year, right, you would assume that people do oh, not no, no, get no, up no, no. early. I, that is I've a lot. 
I've been in my chair. People get up early. Yeah. I I Oh I, yeah. Yeah. I get up early. In 08. I we were there at Mass Square Garden taking the train. We got off that train at, at the garden at six thirty in the morning, already a line of people. So and and, and the NBA draft Listen, is not the NFL draft. I, I believe it. <laughs> no, and I believe that. So yeah, we I'm I'm probably gonna wake up. 6 30, 7 o'clock, try to get showered up, get ready, get dressed. Uh, I want to, you know, we get there probably, you know, get, we go out. I want to go out and get some breakfast on the way there. Um, I'm assuming they're going to sell food and everything. If, if, if everything I read is correct, that, you know, it's a stadium, so I think they'll have food and everything. Because um, they normally, this is when I was in Dallas, I said they didn't allow, they, they didn't want people bringing in food and stuff. You had to buy food while you were, at, while you were inside the stadium, which is fine. I don't care. Um, so, you know, I'm gonna get some coffee, hit up a Starbucks or something, drink a cup of coffee, get some, some good, some good, uh, cup of Joe in Which me, is not and, your, uh, that's get, not get, your get forte. Going. No, it's, it's not, not mine you know, either. And, I, and my wife, yeah, I told my wife, I'm like, listen, man, yeah, I understand, baby. Like it's, it's, it's going, it's part of the business. So we're going to have to yeah. do it, you know, yeah. <laughs> we're going to be there for a while, a couple hours. We're going to be there. So I'm ready for it. But yeah, try to be there like. 8.30, 9 o'clock, so we can be nice and primed and, and, and get in and get in there, get a good seat, get settled. Well, this, man, I'm just hoping you, you keep up. I'm be, I'm be out. I'm be ready to go now. I'm be. Hey, my alarm will be set. My clothes will be laid and styling and profiling, man. I'm coming in there ready to rock and roll and ready to do some live tweeting, everything, man. It's going to be a blast. I'm going to have my phone out, stop watching. You know, for the uh, for the forty yard dash, see if I have a quicker hand than Charlie Cashley. Because if my hand isn't quicker than that old man's, somebody got to okay. do something for me. Um, <laughs> we'll, see. we'll see. <laughs> All I'm saying is, also from. I did hear this little tidbit is Indianapolis is, uh, I guess, when it comes to food franchises, it's like the capital of the world. So a lot of times mm. they will try out like different franchises will try out their stuff in Indianapolis. So uh, okay. Bring it home down. So Bring it we be on the lookout for that. So you know, um, I, I can't. Hey, I can't wait be ready. for the uh, the tweets, the podcast, the episode, the content that we're going to be. Oh doing. yeah, yeah. After every you know Friday and Saturday, we're going to drop a podcast. Uh, not too short, not too long after the the combine event is over, we're going to drop our our initial reactions and bring it to you and guys live. We'll, all right. Um, We'll have more content. We're not, we can't guarantee it, but we're hoping to try to strive to get some great guests on, whether it's writers, coaches, evaluators, players. Uh, Indianapolis is ours, so we're just going to take it by storm. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Listen, guys, it's been a fun show. As always, I'm Damian Parson. That's Jeremy Doug. Peace. Y'all have a good night.